Hello and welcome to No More Mr. Niche Guy, the show where we celebrate athletes, experts and adventurers from all corners of the sporting world. On this episode, Dan steps into the ring with Gavin the grievous bodily farmer Patterson, chess boxer, finance director of Chess Boxing Nation and the host of the Chess Boxing Podcast. The gloves are off as they talk about what it takes to be a chess boxer and the future of the sport. So please enjoy our conversation with Gavin Patterson. The place I wanted to start was, you've got what I think is one of the best fighter names I've ever heard. Um, oh, thank you. And uh, Could you tell us maybe what it is, is it and how does someone get their fighter name? Well, I mean, anyone, if you, well, to get a fighter name, you have to fight. Yeah, step one. So you, yeah, step one, you've got to commit to doing a chess boxing event and you've got to fight in a chess boxing bout. Um, and then it's really up to you what your ring name is. And some people don't have one at all. Um, quite often I'll work with people on their names and try and steer them in a certain direction, especially if people haven't really spent a lot of time with a brand or been to events. Because um, obviously we don't take ourselves too seriously. And uh, yeah, so I kind of uh, guide them in, in a certain direction to have something that's uh, comical, usually a pun, or I mean, there's so many things you can do with regard to chess in terms of puns. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the general route to it. Um, but myself, I was I was brought up on a farm. I, I run a farm with my two brothers. Um, so I think a friend, I think when I was going to fight, I emailed all my mates and said, you know, what sh- what should I call myself? And uh, I think it was my friend Nick Mackey came up with. A grievous bodily farmer, um, which is obviously a, pl- a play on uh, GBH. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I was very lucky to have a, a friend who, who could think of such a great uh, ring name. But it is it's quite long, so it's a bit of a mouthful. I always struggle to say grievous. I'm not very good at saying <laughs> grievous, so I got often stumble over my own name. Yeah, it's good though. I like it. I think it gives a good impression. It's uh, both fun and threatening, uh, which I think yeah. is probably what you want to go for. Absolutely. Um, so if someone's never heard of what you do, chess boxing, before, um, maybe you could explain a bit how it works. Yeah, so it's a biathlon. So it's a combination of, of two sports. Uh, obviously, the name gives it away, chess and boxing. Um, imagine uh, a boxing ring, and in the middle of the ring is a, is a card table with a chess set on it. And you have two combatants who sit down, they play speed chess for three minutes. So speed chess is when you have a clock. So as you make a move, you start your opponent's clock. Um, and then after those three minutes, uh, you take out the board, take out the, the table, they put their gloves on and then they go at it in the boxing ring. So they box for two or three minutes. Um, and then the bell goes and instead of um, going for another boxing round, they go back to the, the chess. So you get back to the same game of chess and then play another three minutes of chess. Uh, and you do that alternate rounds of chess and boxing till you win by knockout or checkmate. Now, the, the important thing to understand is, although they seem diametrically opposite in terms of uh, the skill sets you need to do both chess and boxing, the the chess, your chess ability is severely affected by your boxing performance. If you're tired and if you're losing the boxing, your chess uh, ability nosedives. So although they seem completely uh, disparate, 
they're actually when you actually do it you realize why the sport works with the with the combination of the two elements of it one thing i, I watched a couple of bouts um and, and bits of bouts and one thing i noticed was the boxing's pretty ferocious and I imagine there's sort of two reasons for that. I, I, I don't know if I'm right. One is maybe you get a little bit extra rest, not mental rest, of course, but maybe you get your breath back a little bit more. And the other is maybe often someone's going in realising they're losing in the chess and they their only option is to, to win, is to knock the other guy out. Would you say that's right? Definitely. I think it's very rare in any chess game you get a completely even game. And chess, unlike uh, other sports, so for example, I don't know, football, if you go a goal down, you know, you reset, you play 11 against 11. In chess, if you go a piece down, uh, you don't get to reset. So you've got a slight disadvantage. It's a bit like having a man sent off. And then, you know, uh, that advantage or that disadvantage, depending on which side you're on, um, will increase with each loss of material. So actually you find that uh, chess playing gets more and more desperate as you go through the match. Um, and, and that obviously impacts the boxing because if you can see you're not going to win on the chess or you're struggling on the chess, then you try to win on the boxing and the way to win the boxing is to knock someone out. So uh, you do tend to get, um, yeah, the, the, it does sort of split quite often after say the second round of chess, it's clear that one player is winning on the chess. Um, and then they, they've got every reason to be more defensive, um, which also then allows the, uh, the other fighter to be more aggressive because they're less likely to carry a threat if they're you know, protecting themselves, hoping to win on the chess. So you do, if one element becomes one-sided, you do find the other element becomes one-sided, yeah. It's interesting. And so it's like five rounds of each or so and very rarely goes to the the boxing points as well. There's an option. Yeah, so it depends on um, the whole, the timing of everything is decided on the chess clock. So let's take a typical bout. Um, so it'll, it'll vary depending on the abilities of the chess boxer. So if, if you're doing it the first time, well, you probably have uh, two minutes boxing and three minutes chess and uh you know an extra minute of boxing going from two to three minutes boxing is big difference like 50 percent more time yeah. and it's the moment you know after the two minutes you're already exhausted and you've got to do another minute it's a lot more um so we tend to reduce the time of the boxing and then it's three minutes on the chess the trouble with that is you don't tend to get as good development in the chess game and the narratives don't develop as well so for the more experienced chess boxers, we'll have uh, three minutes boxing, as I said, and four minutes chess. And then typically we'll have nine minutes on the chess clock. So that means that you've got nine minutes on each clock. So you've got 18 minutes in total. Uh, let me get this right. Yeah. So you've got, um, you basically, uh, you're able to get uh, four rounds, uh, sorry, five rounds of chess in, aren't you? And then you get uh, the equivalent. So then you'd get, uh, five rounds of boxing as well. So you, you basically get 10 rounds if you go the distance. Um, but if you if it's a draw on the board, so if it's um, stalemate, then it goes to a final round of boxing, which is scored on points. So our referee, uh, Ronaldo Dominguez, will 
will basically adjudicate that last round of boxing. It's probably only happens a handful of times, maybe three or four times. So it's quite rare that you'll get a stalemate, but especially if you're a weaker player, um, playing for that stalemate is quite attractive um, if you think you've, you know, you've got him in the boxing. So that's another tactic that the stronger player has to watch out for, uh, for stalemates and repetitive stalemates in particular. Um, so yeah, usually it's, it's 10 rounds, but you can go to 11 rounds. Really interesting. And it's so interesting how you've got two really complicated and deep strategic sports and then another layer of strategy on top of that. Um, I'll ask some more interesting questions in a minute, but I've got this burning curiosity in my mind of, it's this really interesting site. You've got two, you know, boxers sat with headphones on face-to-face in the middle of the boxing ring. When you're moving the board in and out, do the pieces fall off much? Whenever I move a chessboard, they go everywhere. Yeah, so we've, we're lucky we've got um, a highly trained set of uh, <laughs> uh, stagehands who are part of our chess boxing community. Um, and it kind of they kind of vary depending on who's fighting. So obviously, if they're fighting, they're not being a stagehand. But um, a lot of our community are good enough to volunteer. Um, and actually, being a stagehand is the best job because you get to see all the action. Um, and then you know when you're doing your bit, um, there's nothing going on. You get to be you know right next to the ring. But yeah, essentially, it's you just be really careful. Um, we also uh, take a photograph of the board. So if something happens, we can replace the pieces. So it's a couple of things that we do, but generally speaking, it's down to just being really careful. Smart, yeah. Um, so I was just curious about that one. I, I, I want to talk to you about you as well. And how, how did you come to learn about chess boxing and what were your first impressions? Well, I don't know. I think a friend of mine invited me to go to a a chess boxing event in 2009, uh, which was at Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. Um, and I don't know how many listeners you have from the UK, but if you've been to Working Men's Club in the UK, you understand what I mean. It's They're of a certain vintage. They're usually sort of 1970s decor and sort of sticky carpets. And they probably haven't had a cleaner in there since the 1970s. And it's that's exactly what the, the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club was like. It's real like spit and sawdust, and there was no electronic board. They just had a like a big uh, easel, I suppose, with the, with a magnetic board up. So it was really like basic stuff, but it was kind of like yeah, it was kind of like Fight Club. But you almost felt like, <laughs> like you're in a basement. Yeah, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I was completely like taken aback by the sport. I mean, the idea of it I thought was incredible, and then seeing it, it was way more entertaining than I thought. This chess was really great. I mean, I knew how to play chess, but I wasn't really into chess. And I thought, well, that would be a bit boring, that half. But actually, the chess was as interesting and as exciting as the the, the boxing, um, which you probably won't believe until you go and see an event. But it's it's true. And, um, yeah, I, I guess I had it in the back of my mind, and I could never convince anyone to go back and, and see another event. And then 2013, a friend of mine who's a, who was a – trustee of a charity that I worked for wanted to raise money do a fundraiser he wanted to do a white collar boxing event and I was like I oh, forget that I've been to this thing it's called chess boxing it's absolutely brilliant it'll be much better at attracting PR and raising cash so I contacted uh, London Chess Boxing just like their info app you know email expecting not to get anything back 
saying that we wanted to, my friend was from Chelsea, we wanted to put a show on in Chelsea. Uh, would you want to, you know, work with us and partner up and we'll split any money we make between us and, and you and hopefully raise some cash for charity. And uh, got a really um, enthusiastic response back. And I know that Tim at the time was looking to attract a different audience. And Chelsea was quite far away from Beth McGreen Beth, um, Working Men's Club, not just, uh, you know, ge- geographically, but culturally. And I think he saw, you know, Chelsea's opportunity to, to reach a completely different audience. So we ran an event. Well, actually, so we planned an event in May 2014 in Chelsea. Um, but before the event, Tim, I mean, the, the thing is you, you always need, need fighters. And I think Tim saw an opportunity. He said, well, you know, if you're going to get all your mates to come and watch you, you two really need to fight in the event. I was like, okay, well, I suppose you're probably right. So what I did is I had a, I, I trained and I did a, I did an event in uh, December, 2013, uh, where I fought Matt, Matt Reed in preparation for my fight in, in May, 2014, when we actually fought on the, the fundraising event. Um, and then after that, uh, Tim invited me to come on board when they incorporated in 2015 as London Chess Boxing. And I came on board as a finance director. Not that I've got any qualifications for that, but I'm actually a spreadsheet, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, and then since then, I've sort of got more involved in the community and in the sport. And Tim emigrated to Australia a couple of years ago. And so it sort of came down to us to decide what we we're going to do. And uh, we decided to take up the mantle and keep the sport going. And that's what we've been doing ever since. Um, and it's been, yeah, fantastic uh, journey and uh, incredible uh, group of people involved. So very lucky. I, I want to come back to the future of chess boxing a little bit later. because um, so I think it, it could be really exciting. I'd love to hear from you. Um, training for that first fight, what was that like? Were you a chess player before? Were you a boxer before? Or was it both fairly new? So I played chess with my dad uh, as a kid, and that's it, really. I only had the pieces moved. And I'd never boxed before, never done any combat sports. So I was really going in pretty green. Um, although I did, and I still do play sport in general, so I had sort of a level of, uh, I guess, coordination with, that, that perhaps not everybody had, but I was really starting from scratch. And um, yeah, it was it was tough. I think particularly uh, particularly the boxing, because uh, it's very time consuming. The chess, I don't know, if you like playing chess, it's not really much mature to train. Um, but yeah, getting up early in the morning, going for runs, it's, yeah, it's, you get onto a treadmill and you have to sacrifice social lives your social life and that kind of stuff, uh, which is which is quite important to me. But but yeah, it's definitely worth it when you when you step out in front of the crowd. It's it's quite an incredible feeling. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, for you, what have been the best parts and maybe the most difficult or, or challenging parts of of being a boxer and, and being in the chess boxing world? Um, well, I, I suppose taking being a chess boxer first. I think there's it's it's hard to steal yourself to get in that ring, even even when you're sparring. Um, but to sort of commit to getting into a ring with somebody else to try and knock you out, it takes quite a lot. And 
you never have you never have perfect information so you know quite often our guys in the same gym will fight each other so they've got a good understanding of what they're getting into but quite often we'll have international fights and we'll have people coming from abroad who you know we do research but very much we're trusting the promoters who are bringing those fighters over and vice versa so you do build up trust with certain promoters uh, but at the end of the day you never really know how hard someone's going to train and how they're going to turn up on the night and what they you know what they're capable of so there's a i don't know a strange respect in the club and i think in the boxing gym in general between people who come to train because they enjoy it and then people who've actually been in a fight there's a there's kind of like a, a bit of a, a a watershed there in terms of you know what it takes to do that um what was the second part, second part of the question? I can't remember. And what have been the most challenging parts of being a chess boxer or being in the chess boxing world? Um, so I think, I mean, being in the chess boxing world isn't really challenging. It's just fun. I mean, it's it's really nice. It's I mean, that's why we do it. No one's getting paid. Uh, but equally, on the other side of that, that coin, I suppose, is that the, the challenges we face are that we are, uh, we're sort of a startup running on a shoestring. We don't have any income. We rely on volunteers. And, um, you know, a lot of those, uh, you know, what, what you you want to sort of produce something that's um, professional and uh, competent and is a, a, a production, if it's a live stream that, you know, you can be proud of, but actually it's, it's a real struggle because, uh, you, you know, you're you're, you're working uh, sort of hand to mouth a lot of the time, and actually, chess boxing gets a lot of great PR, but it's very much seen as a novelty, uh, which is essentially why I guess you're interested in what we're doing, which is not criticism at all. But I suppose the tr- point I'm trying to make is that it's I think chess boxing in general, not just our community, but in general, struggles to to take that step between from sort of a novelty item to like a a sport that people follow for it for the sake of the sport rather than because it's something strange. And there's a, a an interesting dynamic and a bit of a shelf there. And obviously people involved in the sport, people we've got some very hardcore fans who are totally into the sport and the characters and they get it. Um, but for everybody else in the world, it's it's kind of, you know, what is that? That's a bit, bit strange. They move on to something else. It, it's interesting you said that about being... A novelty um because I, I think in no more mr niche guy's defense um not that you're attacking but we had a lot of discussions at the beginning of um how we'd approach and how we talk about what people do and the more we've gone along the more seriously we've realized people we've never been out to take the piss but but you know if you take it seriously we'll take it seriously it's the is is the motto um but uh, chess boxing, particularly when I told my friends and family about that I was doing an interview with a chess boxer, that's what I was prepping for. Um, they they didn't get it. Whereas I think I, I, I did get it quite early, but they were just like, "What? What the hell is that?" So yeah, I can I can I have seen the struggle um, sort of firsthand. I, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's understandable. I don't think it's um, I don't I don't think it's something we're particularly worried about. But it is something that's it's become it's become clear. And I think particularly when you look at um, 
we there's a really interesting documentary that's come out called by uh, by Rook or Left Hook, which is the story of chess boxing, and it, it charts sort of the embryonic stages of the sport. And um, I mean, it's a great film. But what's particularly interesting is my, my partner, business partner Tim, and Ipa Rubin, who invented the sport, who who did the first ever chess boxing bout. They kind of were working together initially, and then they realised that their ideas of the sport were completely different. And I think Ipa realised early on that 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 he he wanted to attract sponsorship. He wanted to make it into Olympic sport. And he realised that what he needed was credibility. And so he went down a route where he had very um, sort of professional standards uh, and uh, but quite sort of not not particularly entertaining uh, product. Whereas Tim went for like the Bethnal Green, you know, spitting sawdust, but, you know, bootstraps kind of like real entertaining. Uh, but he didn't have he didn't have that professional edge and image and Tim could never really attract sponsorship. Whereas Ipa would manage to attract quite a lot of sponsorship and, you know, like financial sponsors and people who kind of want to be uh, associated with this new sport. Um, and, you know, perhaps, um, you know, perhaps we're still in the same position that, we, you know, we're, we're not really that close to seeing um, us break through that barrier but yeah, that that film kind of really displays that 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 struggle uh, that that is no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, but he obviously identified quite early on and wasn't able to 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 sort of overcome that. I, I watched the film on your recommendation, and great movie. Even if you know, not just about chess boxing, but about these two characters and this battle of visions. Um, and like you said, on the sort of the the German side, um, and also very sad to hear Ipia's passed away. Um, but on the German side, it was very serious and pretty straight laced. Um, and on the with uh, Tim's side, the English side, it was very entertaining. And there was stuff like I saw clips of the you know there's belly dancers in the ring in between fights, and everyone gets pretty jolly and 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 has a few beers and it. Um, I guess what I want to ask is there's been this battle of visions. Um, what happens after the film? What where's that now? Because I don't know if the World Chess Boxing Organization is still going on now Epa's passed. Um, it's very much in flux at the moment. Uh it's difficult to say exactly what's gonna happen, but they're uh, yeah, it's it's quite Essentially, my understanding of it is that um, there's uh, the, the, there's a guy in India called Montu Das uh, who's done a lot for chess boxing in general, but in particular in, in India. There's probably more chess boxers in India than the rest of the world combined. There's a huge scene yeah. in India. And he he kind of inherited the presidency after Ipa passed. Um, but I'm not sure... If there, I think it was kind of thrown into turmoil. I mean, even even down to things like we couldn't access bank accounts and all this kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, we've never been part of the WCPO. Um, so, um, you know, obviously, people people leave a huge hole in the sport, and it's uh, it's unfortunate that Tim and Epa never never managed to work it out. And I think. They probably would have both benefited if they could have come to something sensible. 
Um, but obviously, with EPA passing, um, we reached out to you know the WCBO um, members and said, look, let's let's get together. Um, you know, these this is the kind of charter that we'd like to be part of. Um, we want to see you know a fair and, and even playing field. Um, and we've had lots of discussions, but we haven't really got very far to be honest. It's kind of come and gone a little bit, and um, we've kind of left them to uh, sort out the WCBO themselves. I think they've got a lot of work to do there, and then perhaps we'll um, we'll be able to come to some agreement. Um, but I think it's 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 very hard because it may, it's something I've never really experienced before, but. I think culturally, um, you know, British culture is quite close to certain other cultures. It's quite far away from other cultures. And when it comes to sporting bodies, you look at FIFA and, and those kind of super national sporting bodies, it's very hard to get something that works. And um, people have completely different expectations of what that, that those kind of organisations should do and how, should, how they should behave. And... Uh, yeah, I, I've got a new um, respect for anybody who's able to uh, to operate, you know, something like a world governing body because it's it's like herding cats, to be honest. Because everyone's just, and it's not even that people just have completely different points of view and perspectives, and and there's no sometimes there's no frame of reference for certain elements of it. So it's incredibly difficult. And if anyone can do that, then I will take my hat off to them. And if you were global emperor of chess boxing what would you like to see happen on that um sort of sporting association level um so i think a governing body should be as slim as possible so it should just do the jobs it needs to do and in my view the jobs it needs to do are uh, basically determine a, a, a set of rules and make sure those rules are, are followed um across all of the all of chess boxing which basically entails sanctioning fights and I suppose to do that, you've got all sorts of other ancillary requirements, like, you know, how do you appoint members, all that kind of stuff. But basically, that's what they should do. They shouldn't really get involved in any commercial activities. Um, and they should really be a charity. So that there's sort of transparency. Um, and there's no question that, you know, people are operating in good faith. And if you can achieve that, then um, there's no reason why the sport can't flourish. But is a problem because you know if you're looking if you're you know your investor or your you're a sponsor it, you haven't really got a, a body that you can approach and talk to sensibly that's gonna uh, enable us to be to you know to show some credibility and even coming down to things like you know we're we're running events um and we've we've got a sanctioning body but we're the only member and you know that sanctioning body is really supposed to determine you know that we're we're, we're operating safely, um, that the referees know what they're doing, that they're trained properly, all of those kind of things. You do need somebody above um, all the chess boxing organisations, which is responsible for setting out those 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 criteria and those rules. It'd be nice to see. I, 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 it'd be cool. I'm, I'm really invested in the story now after watching the film and talking to you. Um, I, it's uh, it's an interesting one. In a, in, a, in a way, from a from a, a story and narrative point of view, you have to say though, actually, it's it's much more exciting with you know all these 
factions sort of you know, kind of vying and competing for you know supremacy. Um, but to to work through it, it's, it's a nightmare. But from the outside, in terms of a me, from a media perspective, it's it's quite well. You, and I think it comes across in the film. It's you know it it makes for a compelling story, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, and and good promotion as well. There were those uh, the the battle has 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 been sort of part of the narrative as well. Um, there was a point. We'll come back to chess boxing itself and what it's like to chess box. But while we're on the sort of uh, the bigger picture stuff, I guess. There was a point where the WCBO branded chess boxing for a bit with the phrase, the world champion chess boxer is the toughest, smartest man on the planet. Um, what do you think of that as a message? Well, I mean, the first problem with it for me is that it's the, it, it's the smartest, toughest man. Yeah. I mean, that's an obvious one, isn't it, really? But I think, um, yeah, I mean we struggle to get women involved in the sport as it is chess is a very male dominated sport as you as i'm sure you know dan and um boxing also is very male dominated so we have done a lot over the years to try and um make it more welcoming for for women to come to training uh we've appointed a um a director of a chess boxing nation whose specific role is to uh, be a, uh, a liaison for female fighters and potential female fighters. Um, we've brought more women to our production team. Um, we've got Jem Carmella, who's a fantastic MC. Um, so, you know, we are really trying to, I, I don't think we're, we're, we're never going to get to equality or well, certainly not in my lifetime. I think, I think this. I, th I think it's very uh, entrenched uh, as it is, but I think we've got to try. I think it's, it's our duty to try. And people, you know, people want to see women uh, in the chess boxing ring as well. You know, it's exciting. Um, so, yeah, to have a man in the title, uh, <laughs> it's just a massive no-no. Um, but otherwise, I, I think it kind of reflects uh, the, the, the dichotomy between you know tim's approach and epa's approach and that it's quite serious isn't it it's quite a serious title it's a little bit long you know it's not exactly good for a sound bite um and that just sums up really you know tim's events uh, uh have got you know puns in them and they're kind of catchy uh but they're not serious at all and epa's events were very serious and i think the title sums that up but i we're certainly not looking for that that man uh, we, what we're looking for is uh to grow the sport entertain people and um make sure everyone's having a, a good time including all the fighters that's really nice i really liked um your, your message there very and i think it'd be great to see more women chess boxes um uh one thing i do quite like about that phrase is it does capture the imagination of What's really interesting about chess boxing, or one of the things that's really interesting, is it's a test of so many things. Like boxing already is a sport or combat sports mm -hmm. test your strength and your cardio and skill and willpower and endurance for, for punishment. And chess is a real test of focus and, um, and, and discipline and learning. And then with combining them together, you have all this stuff as well, I imagine, about controlling yourself and how you um approach it emotionally how do you 
prepare and how does it feel to be stressed from so many different angles? Um, it's, it's, yeah, it, uh, it's, so you, boxing and chess both really, you might think that in boxing, uh, you, you want your emotions to run high and actually it's the opposite. You want to stay calm and, and box. Um, and the best boxers can do that. And actually, um, you know, when you lose your temper or you, 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 you actually end up being very open in a boxing ring and you, you know, you're more likely to, to get hurt. So obviously you you know, your heart rates up, but actually you're trying to stay calm in the boxing ring most of the time. And then in the, in the chest, you're also trying to stay calm and focused. Strangely in the boxing, it's, it's impossible not to be totally focused because you, it's, it's quite an intimate experience boxing because you don't really have, any headspace for anything other than that moment and that person in front of you, you know, you, there's no past, there's no future. You're not thinking of whether you left the oven on, you're completely, um, completely focused hundred percent on that person and whether they're going to punch you and how they're moving and you're moving with them. And it's, it's, it's quite, it's uh, it's quite an intimate experience, as I said, and then the chess, you're really trying to shut everything out. Um, you're struggling to just focus and particularly after a boxing round, you're tired and your, your, your focus can wander and your concentration can wander. And just like, you know, at the end of a football match with that, with extra time, everyone's tired and people make mistakes. It's just the same on the chessboard. And if you can't refocus yourself and keep, keep on reminding yourself that you, you know, you need to be focused. It's, it, it can be quite difficult. So, yeah, I th- it's weird actually that it's the it's the build up where you feel the pressure and you feel the crowd and you're really nervous. But as soon as you start, it's, as soon as you start playing chess, everything else kind of fades away and you you really are sort of in that in the moment and and you're there really until you know till the end of the of the bout. So the pressure doesn't really tell. Certainly, in my experience, uh, once you get in the ring, it's it's before the ring. It's horrible waiting to get in the ring. I imagine. I, I'm sweating now just thinking about it. Um, how do you train for chess boxing? How do you train for something like that? What does a training session look like? Uh, so we have training sessions every Saturday at Islington Boxing Gym. Uh, no experience necessary. Come, come along, 10 o'clock. Hope to see you there, Dan. Um, and we, the way we train is very much like the, the chess boxing. So we'll do alternate. We'll, do sort of, we'll start with sort of a warm-up. Then we'll do uh, we'll do start with chess, speed chess, and we'll stop halfway through the game. We'll do some technical boxing, uh, and then we'll go back to the same game of chess. And as we progress through the training session, we'll we usually make we'll bring cardio more and more into into the boxing element of it. So you'll start with technical stuff, and then by the end of it, you'll be in circuits. Or we'll be doing bag work, and you'll be going back to the same game of chess. And it's practicing both the boxing. The chess but also that transition um, which is really important um, and then the end of the session we usually do a sparring session um, which obviously is uh, is important experience if you want to actually get into the ring with somebody um, and then we'll do a warm down and then we'll go and play chess in the in the cafe and have a coffee nice do, yeah. do you think training like that has changed you at all do you think you've got things out of it in your day-to-day life i don't know if it makes you more focused or stress resistant um 
I can't, I, I'm not sure that it has really. I don't know. I'm, I mean, the trouble is, Dan, I'm not very good at chess boxes, so it's hard to say <laughs> if I've actually learned anything at all. Um, I think, I think, I think you've, it definitely builds a bit of confidence. Like if you're nervous about doing something, but you've, you know, you've had that experience where you've got in the ring and you sparred with somebody. I don't know. That gives, that gives you a certain sense of confidence, I think. And, um, yeah, I, I do see it with people come in to training. He'll, they'll come in, they might be out of shape, slightly overweight. They're probably coming from a chess background. Um, and they start training, you get them involved in the community. Um, and they sort of, you could just see them grow in the community. They, you see them, uh, make friendships, grow in confidence, lose weight, get fit. Um, and yeah, quite often if, you know, in three months time, if they're fight, if they're training for a fight, you see a complete transformation, um, both physically and, and psychologically in people. And I think, I think chess boxing does give people confidence. And I think it's also gives people, you know, an instant, uh, talking point, you know, if you ever go for for dinner somewhere, Dan, all you need to tell somebody is that you're a chess boxer, and that's it. You've got got them in the palm of your hand. So, I think I think it definitely does uh, breed confidence in people, um, and certainly I've seen people arrive at the gym with very low confidence, and within a month or two, um, they've completely changed, and that's very satisfying to see that happen. I'm I've got to say I'm already sold um i need to stop committing to trying the sports when i'm talking to people on the podcast because i've got myself verbally committed on record to skydive and do falconry and all this stuff but i'm extra committed to uh to chess box i do really want to give it a go i think it's really cool um if someone was listening to this and they wanted to give it a go what advice would you give them well if they're in London, my advice would be come down to training, obviously, or just near, you know, near London. Um, otherwise, uh, if I would go to your local boxing gym, yeah, most boxing gyms now uh, have uh, boxer size classes, all kinds of classes. You don't necessarily have to spar. You know, you could, you could go in and learn the sport, learn how to box. Might not be for you, but if you enjoy it, then you know that's half the sport, and then download uh, an app on your phone you know you can play chess anytime anywhere um play with friends it's much more fun with friends if you can join your chess club um that kind of thing but i mean there's been such a huge explosion of online chess over the pandemic if you haven't uh downloaded the app already i you know you should really think about it even if you don't want to be a chess boxer because it's um it's a it's a really fun game it's really accessible and the, the modern technology now, instead of, you know, when I learned, my dad taught me and we used to play and I used to get, oh, I, can't, I don't want to play anymore because you just beat me all the time. And then eventually one day I beat him and then he didn't want to play me. Whereas with the, with the modern technology, you get met, matched against people of, this, of a similar level. So each game is exciting and interesting and, um, you know, you've got a chance. Um, so, yeah, I think there's no reason not to get involved. Just, just do it. Brilliant. And where can people keep up with you, Gavin? Yeah, so uh, our brand is uh, Chess Boxing Nation. So it's chessboxingnation.com. Uh, Instagram is at chessboxingnation. So if you uh, follow our social media for, for, for information about what we're doing, 
Um, we're hoping to announce some dates in the spring at the moment. We're just um, finalising those with the venue. Um, so we'll probably have a full schedule, COVID um, notwithstanding, uh, of events in 2022. So it's going to be a very exciting year. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Well, thanks very much, Dan. Thanks for taking an interest in the sport. And I'm looking forward to listening to some of the other podcasts you've got. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our social media at Niche Guy Podcast on Twitter and Instagram to stay up to date with future episodes.